everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, we are here. We are, I'm queer. I drink beer. Looky there. I like that for us. <laughs> we are here. We are here. I'm queer. Sheree drinks beer. Sometimes she doesn't really discriminate. Listen, but, uh, you opportunity drunk. What? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, today we are covering When a Stranger Calls Back. That's right, y'all. We told you we wasn't done with that franchise and we ain't gonna do that remake. It's just trash. But this continues our month of sequels, aka Free is a Crowd. And this bitch knew we can do one almost 30 years later and call her done. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I I like this time. Let's let, let's let's get into this because like if this this film does similar things to the first one where it does kind of feel like a three-act play except there's more of a through line in this one than there was in the first one. I, it's not as jarring, I guess. I think it's just so 90s-fied that it's hard to look at in a little bit. Because, okay, let me just rewind. So, like, our opening scene tries to capture the stress of that original, but you can't because that was lightning in the bottle. You're never going to get that again. But it does try, and it does try to update it a little bit, and we get rid of the phone, and he's like a ventriloquist. Um, and so, like, there are parts of that that work, but it's not as claustrophobic as the first one. It's not as terrifying as the first one. It's just kind of like, ooh, I'm a little bit thrilled. Yeah. Having him there, I think, added a little bit more... Uh, like having him outside of the door talking, like not just on the phone, but he's literally there talking to her. Terrifying a little bit. The time he was outside, because he's mostly been in the house throwing his voice around. Right. I will also say, though, how the fuck did this girl not see that that door was unlocked? She just ignored it, because the couple didn't lock it, and she was fine with it until she was uncomfortable. No, they did lock it. The door was locked. And then he unlocked it. That's new information. Um. <laughs> That's my thing. And she never even uses the chain lock. There were options for her. That That's my one thing about this yes. first act. I was like, girl, lock your shit. <laughs> I will say, though, that, like, I didn't catch the lock. So she probably didn't. Uh, because I thought I was <laughs> locked. And then it was looking at the whole movie. I'm like, okay, so we didn't lock it, I guess. Uh, because, look, that couple was definitely... Again, to rewind, this bitch was called in as a last-minute replacement. They're like, thank you for doing this. That's why we're running late. It's because the other bitch canceled. You got this. Can you imagine being called in and doing this by your favorite the last minute and this is your life now? Can you? Oh, right. But like, I mean, I'm sure it has happened to a lot of women, but yeah. It will never be me. Fuck them kids. This is the fuck them kids agenda. Like, this movie is screaming <laughs> fuck them kids. Um, Absolutely. Everybody checks on them and like, are you, what is wrong with you, bitch? Do you not know you in danger? Don't go up to her. <laughs> also tried to make her super young uh, and they did try that a little bit with Jill in the first one but she has like the weird schoolgirl outfit that's too young for her she's got like the weird short haircut which is very jarring when she has her trauma mullet when the next time we see her in college 
that mullet. It was a that crime. Mullet. You know, you know that <laughs> our mutual friend Deanna has like a phobia of mullets. Like if she Surprise saw that, so. if she watched this movie, she, <laughs> she'd scream. She would scream. <laughs> she wouldn't be able to watch it. No. I, uh, my uh, my literal note for her in college, um, and I'm gonna go ahead and pull up her real name. Her real name is Julia Jens, played by Jill Shelton. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, I don't know how to say her last name. Um, sorry if I'm saying it wrong. I've never seen her in an interview because, like, again, I think this is one of the few times I've seen her in my life. Um, yeah, Jill Sholin, probably. Would be my guess. That's not a Shalene. TV, right? I need my glasses. Um, but yeah, it's confusing because <laughs> her real name is Jill, but Carol Kane is playing Jill Johnson. Jill. But <laughs> right. The two Jills. But like, when it's- Lots of J's. Jill Johnson, Julia Jens, John Clifford. Sorry, I like the letter J, and I need them to stop. They must be stopped. <laughs> but anyway, our good sis, <laughs> Julia- um, she, she's been through a traumatic event, obviously. And so we go to her in college five years later and she has her trauma mullet and she's dressed like an eighties comedian. It's like very Paula Poundstone. I just looked Julia. Wait, what's her actual Jill Shalin mm-hmm. is in another movie that I really enjoyed from the eighties. The stepfather. That was, she was in the Phantom of the Opera in 89 too. She's a genre girl. Okay. She was in Popcorn. Okay. I just saw Popcorn for the first time earlier this year. She's in a movie called There Goes My Baby, and the cover is Two Shirtless Men. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh, that's... <laughs> there comes the baby, more like it. Because, like, listen. Um, <laughs> uh, I see you, Jill, out here doing the things. Right. But that mullet, girl. That mullet. I felt so bad for her. Like, Sometimes you just want to hug an actor, and I I saw that moment. Girl, do you need help? Do you need a Venmo? Um, <laughs> what was going on in your life? You let them do that to you? What? <laughs> right. One thing that I do, I really liked about this movie. I well, I liked about the movie. I don't like that it is literal fact in the real world. Po- number one, police are the fucking worst. Okay. They never believed her. They never wanted to believe her, but survivors stick together. That's why I loved the use of Jill in this movie as the one person that's on her side. Even more so, even Charles... No, Darnie. John, the, the detective that's in the first one, too. John Clifford. John Clifford, yeah. He's not... He doesn't... I mean, he like halfway believes her. But Jill is with her from jump. That's one of my notes is he's the one who found this, the first bastard for Jill in the last movie. And he's acting like, this is like, it's just my hysterical women just being hysterical women. And Jill's like, no, I used to be her. This movie feels like it's retconning the first one in weird ways. Cause like mm-hmm. I got notes cause we don't talk about Jill's family. And so like, do we assume they died at the first one or do we assume some of them are alive and not talking to her? She's divorced. We don't know. I thought the husband was still alive. I did, but we don't talk about that. Yeah, I'm assuming divorce just because I'm assuming kids were murdered, family divorce because that just happens a lot when that happens. But but in the first, it's never said. We saw the first one last year, and I I thought the kids were alive but holding candy. She's like, "Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that?" And that's when she went back to her bedroom. 
And so, like, I know this is oh, yeah. many, many years later, but, like, wouldn't your kids... I've drank a lot since then. Listen, we all have. But, like, I just... <laughs> it felt like this is a different geo. It felt like this is the geo from the top part of that first movie, and we don't have any of that stuff in between. And now she's here thriving and doing something we don't know. Maybe some sort of, like, stuff with this college. But, like, the whole family and husband is erased. <laughs> and I'm just like, not a line was uttered, or at least I didn't catch it. If it was, I do drink a lot. So if I... If I'm just drunk and I miss the line, which is like, my family fucking left me because I brought a stalker into our home. Please get me. You can DM me. I'm on so many apps right now. I just got on the spill in Blue Sky. You can find me on some Well, and she does, there is some dialogue around continued trauma. Um, it's never explicit, as far as I know, never yeah. explicitly said. But I do, I did love the moment of she's talking to the detective and she's like, what are we supposed to do? Like some of us can't just forget it. Like you, like he, he's like, they should just move on. She survived. Blah blah blah. She's like, well, yeah. what if you just can't flip a switch like that? Right. One of the things I like about these two movies is that, like, yes, all men are trash. Um, both of them are coming to be murderers. Um, they were going to murder these young women. Um, the first one couldn't let it go. And was coming back for that bitch and her older age and her children. And so, like, we never explicitly get into the this is an SA situation, but it's also very easy to see the coding because the men don't believe them. A cab is A cabbing. Um, <laughs> and so it's just them being like, no, these are real fears we have. We are not the problem. We should be protected. And I, I think that could have been that could have been handled differently. And I'm not I'm not throwing the actor Jill under the bus, not the character played by Carol, Carol Kane. I'm not throwing her under the bus. I think that it's just like this '90s style of acting especially for the early 90s um that it doesn't she doesn't really give what she should be giving to make this work for me that's a sisterhood yeah yeah that is fair i it, it i th- i feel like jill is giving it more than julia is oh yes you know i think that but i i i, I do think that it's there to a point but yeah it's not reciprocated and that feels weird something happened and again i think that that's just the nature of the beast because like this is so many years after the other one i think it's 24 years later because the first one was like i want to say 90s the first one was 79 and this one is 93 i think again i'm drunk and i'm bad at numbers but i think that feels right in my spirit Yeah, well, we covered the first one when we did the 70s. So it's in the 70s somewhere, and this one is 93. I'm going to so. go ahead and look her up right now. Because that would be 14 years, not 24. I'm really bad at math, y'all. Do not talk to me about it. Yeah, 79 <laughs> and 93. So 14 years. That's a long time for a sequel, especially when your big bad from the first one is longer with you, and he was an amazing actor. Um, but you also killed him at the end of the movie, so you got to do something different for many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did like that. I did like that this is the idea that women go through similar stories all the time mm-hmm. and it still continues today. So I did like that they, I, I liked that they didn't like Michael Myers or yeah. Jason Voorhees or whatever this dude from the first movie. They just say, hey, men are trash and there's probably another man out there victimizing another woman. Always. There you go. It- it's very yes, all men and a cab at the same time, which is why I'm not mad at the sequel. And I also think that for it to be 14 years after the original and have 
and beat down one of the actors because we had three actors making this work in the first one. And that other one, unfortunately, passed away um, way before this was ever an inkling in anybody's eye. And so you just have Charles and Carol back. And that's that's a stacked cast still. But you have a whole new situation. You have a whole new group. It feels very Scream 2 before Scream 2 and with a different lead instead of our Sydney, which would be our original Jill. That's a lot of things I just said at y'all and I'm drunk. I hope it made sense. <laughs> yes. I yeah. I I agree with that. I will say, you know, there there's a, there's a lot of unnecessary things that happen in this movie. <laughs> Same with that first one's middle section. And we talked about that a little bit and I started to come around a little bit, but also it doesn't need to be there. It doesn't. And I think that and because the acting is so good, um I'm going to go and pull up his name because it's been a minute and so I forgot his name, but his name should be used because we have a British queer actor who died too soon. So I'm going to go and get that shit together real quick. I know me and my Shiraz are on a journey. Um, Didn't he pass from AIDS complications? I think unofficially because it's in that era, there's a couple of things that feel coded to be possibly AIDS, but we don't really delve into it. But it was whatever one of those. Um... Kurt Duncan. Kurt Duncan was portrayed by Tony Beckley. He's not even on. Like, you have to go to the full cast to see him. That's bullshit. Right? Right? And he was a badass actor. Like, his resume is a real thing. Um, So, Tony Beckley, unfortunately, passed away the year after When a Stranger Things. The year after When a Stranger Calls came out. I did not mean to get this drunk, y'all. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm going to edit some of this out, but y'all going to know some of it, and that's just where we're at. We bonded over these years. The Stranger Things. Stop it. Don't you? I'm making that movie. That's my movie. Gonna what my, are Stranger Things? I'm going to take my podcast. It's I'm going to be like, take that bitch off the mic. Like, it's going to be a hybrid of Stranger Things and When a Stranger Calls. I'm like, I'm going to have Vecna call, and I'm like, hey, what's going I'm on? I'm from the kids. <laughs> Somebody's upstairs. <laughs> it's me, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, continue. You know what? I'm just here, y'all. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm a bottle of wine in. It's it's a good day. Oh, so Tony Beckley was an amazing British actor. Um, graduated from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, and he unfortunately died at um 1980. He's born in 27, so that's. 73 almost because he didn't make it to his birthday that year, so 72. So he lived well, a nice life, a, but still trying to, to do math again. I, I keep trying, I keep trying and failing in front of y'all. <laughs> um, but he was definitely 52. Yes, that's the math because yeah, he was pretty old in the first movie, too. But 52 is not that old. We need to stop saying that because people was like, What you mean, bitch? I'm sitting right here. Oh, that's true. I just meant he wasn't like young. He wasn't 22, but like he, he was, was middle aged. Middle aged. We could say middle aged, yeah. Because I, okay. a lot of people act like 50 is dead. Um, and that's not. A lot of people are living in the 60s and 70s now. Like some of the people who are hot are in their 50s. Because like, look at our scars guards who are nearing 50. Look at Mister Insidious slash Conjuring who's in his 40s. Look at George Clooney. Look, look at, at Daddy at... Pascal. He definitely <laughs> in his 40s. And I would, well, you know, I'm not going to say that on the mic because I like to do my jobs. Oh. <laughs> um. So let's talk about one of the two, in my opinion, uh, unnecessary things that happen in this yes, film. Yes, the mullet. Go on. 
Well, <laughs> maybe one of three. Uh, <laughs> why was there a topless waiter? <laughs> That's one of my notes, bitch. That's one of my notes. Come Mine on. too. Why I was there a wrote, fucking topless waiter? I, like, <laughs> I literally wrote, the titty bar was a wild choice, and I could have told him his act wasn't going to go well received there. Because, like, it's a titty bar. Nobody <laughs> want to see you do ventriloquist shit. Like, they are here for titties, and the titties is everywhere. And I... You know what? I, I'm i not an actor, and I know that, like, Ren is due, but I don't know if I, as a person, would be able to put my tits together in front of Charles Durning's face to bring him a burger. I don't know if I could do... I don't know if I'm strong enough as a woman to be like, hi, Grandpa. For no reason! I'm just like... She didn't have a line. She just said... <laughs> they were just titties. Like, that was... I feel like that was the audition. Take your shirts off. I wonder what her name is on here. Is it titties? Titties. Um, titties McGee. Titties was played by... Tits, like, McGee, I don't know. There were so many uh, titties. Because, like, again, this, the middle parts of these movies, I feel like people just being like, scat, 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 scat. I will say <laughs> this one. Right. The, especially that first one. I will say with this one, I the because, you know, you had the first part where Julia's at the house, and then she runs out, and that's the end of the first act, right? Jill. Similar to the first act, or the first one. Oh. I do like that in the second act, we do follow Julia a lot of that second act. It's that last part of the second act when they switch to the dude's perspective like they did in the first one and it uh, falls apart again like who do you want me to follow i don't understand these movies feel like they want to be novels um and in a novel you can be like we're gonna like follow a different character now but in a movie it feels weird because you this movie is clipping it it's like 92 minutes maybe let me double check because again math it's weird i'm sorry it's 94 minutes I was off by two minutes. Um, so she's 94 minutes. And so like, you don't have time to be like, let's lose it. Especially because you're juggling two final girls in theory. Mm-hmm. And we don't even get to see Julia get shot because we know she didn't shoot herself. Um, but we don't get to see that. It's told to us. And I'm just like, that's a weird choice to not have us see her fight anybody. And I think that they were trying to allude to like, or trying to get the audience to question, mm-hmm. did she or did she not? But you could do that with showing something from that character. Like the fact that it wasn't even shown at all. Like you don't know what the fuck happened. Nothing. My thing with that is um, a lot of us are on her side because again, yes, all men and she's being terrorized by a man, which is a weekday for a lot of us. And so like, unfortunately we know to believe her. (laughs) We know to listen to her. Um, And the people who don't know to believe and listen to women are never going to do that. And so like that, that was not a misdirect. It was just you being like, we forgot to have her on another day. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that's what it felt like. It was like, right. she shot herself last night. Here's her journal entry. Don't you feel bad? It was like, there's more to this mystery. Right. It just felt, yeah, it didn't, the T's weren't crossed and the I's weren't dotted on that one. But the T's were out. <laughs> right. So my second unnecessary thing. The mullet. Is this blackface? You know what? I remember this moment from my childhood and I had the same thought. I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's not great, but I don't think it's blackface because he was just painting for the leg backdrops and he knew it was a back backdrop. That's what I'm telling myself so I can sleep at night. Cause he was also a brick later on in life with a G string on. So like he's committing to his bits. <laughs> can you imagine dying painted as a brick wall with your ass out? <laughs> like I just Gene Lithgow, you you know, you you tried. You you gave it your your A plus for effort. I just 
I, I get. I don't know why his ass needed to be out because he was definitely in his underwear, and I'm like, well, well, this is the way we listen, had to do it. This is what we had to listen. Play. As many titties have I, as I had to look at in this movie, I will take a man's ass. That whole that whole bar scene was just like tits, and I'm like, did y'all did you run out of shirts? There's that random scene of him talking to the other girl, like interviewing her, and she's just got a jacket on, nothing else. I'm like, you could put a bra on. Even the girl, I would put a bra. On. Even the girl talking to him after he gets thrown off stage, she's like, I liked your act, titties. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, because her sides were covered, and I'm like, I think that you should pull that oh a little bit further towards the center, because I'm just like, your armpits are covered. Oh, <laughs> Your boobs are out, bitch. Oh, I don't know if I told you this. Oh, like, and they were just like, we can put titties in the middle of the movie to people want to ask questions. I'm like, I'm asking questions because I've seen titties. I have my own. So I can, I'm not distracted. I can, I can look at this and be like, what the fuck is your plot right now? I am uninterested. Listen, so when I saw a man's ass, I was like, hello? Because he was doing weird shit. I couldn't enjoy it. Because like, again, yes, all men. He is stalking these bitches and he's painted as a brick. And he's shooting people, and he wilding the fuck out, and his ass cheeks fly out, and I'm like, "You're doing too many things." How did? What? But it, like that. You, how did? Cheeks he, up is he, how he died. Cheeks up. <laughs> cheeks up, face down. <laughs> that sounds sounds like a good night to me. But uh, <laughs> how did this character play it? Was he like, okay, this brick has to be come down past like. There's just a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. Incels like, have time, Trent. Incels will be having time. I've seen how Twitter. did he know what her brick looked like? He been in and out of there. I feel like he been in and out of apartments more than they have. Because he's just like, mm. Because um, he was in that other bitch's apartment in. with her the whole time. It's just like, I don't see nobody. I'm like, you see somebody, which, bitch. Which is terrifying. Because like it, that reminds me, have you seen the movie The Vacant or Vacancy? Not yet. Should I? Girl, it is legitimately terrible. I won't stay at a motel. Ooh. I forget who's in it, but it's two. Cu- it's a couple, and they stay in a hotel, and like shit goes wild. It is terrifying. Um, but that's what because like people are coming in and out of their hotel room, motel room, while they're like doing things or whatever. I. When pe- that's why I, and I said this during uh, the Better Watch Out episode. It, the this creepiest, scariest thing to me is like when you can't see what's happening behind you. Terrifying. Listen, <laughs> no, 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 no. You better, you better be in front of me. Um, I want you in front of me, like all the boobs in these movies was. I need to keep eyes on you. <laughs> Like strange, the strangers when he when she's fixing that the fire alarm and he's standing. I was literally in the theater and I screamed, "He's behind you!" <laughs> I can see that for you. Um, cause again, I, I saw so it with you in the theater, out. and you was not cool about it. You and Cookie were screaming and clutching each other, and I was like, "Y'all, it's Pennywise. We knew he was gonna do to them." Like. <laughs> Terrified. Yeah, I don't remember that as much, but I do remember being in the. Yeah, I was drunk. That's why. Um, and I was like, "It's a good movie. It's fine." Well, you couldn't be drunk because you were still recuperating. But no, that movie, I was good for. Um, because I had I was getting back on the liquor as because I don't be learning. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, one of the things that sent me about this movie is he keeps saying there's something we're missing. There's something we're missing. We're not getting something. Um, and he's like, well, there's something about this that just feels weird if it's real. 
And when they go back to the house, she was terrorized in. It's like, he was a ventriloquist. And I'm like, you needed to be in the space to be like, it was 15 feet, he could throw his voice. Like, that's that's what really sends it home for y'all. Like, This movie is very anti-ventriloquist. Like, Listen, somebody gets into a fight with a ventriloquist and his dummy, and they are taking it out on the screen. <laughs> Puppeteering is not this this movie's cup of tea. They read the um, fucking Goosebumps books, and they was like, let me tell you something, Earl Stein, I'm a fine joy. <laughs> Oh, and also when they did the window thing, it's like the window was open this amount, and it's like that. I was like, so your thought is this man squeezed his body through eight inches, and I don't know if y'all seen eight inches. A lot of people think they've seen eight inches and they've not. So, like, <laughs> let's start there. <laughs> uh, yes, but eight inches ain't that big, and I. I don't know any grown-ass man that could fit their body through eight inches. I was like, what in the X-Files are you talking about in front of my face? Get the fuck out. And also, they act like he can't just close the window a little bit. They're like, that was all that was open. Like, But, like, it could adjust, right? You can go up and down. It's not just like, nope. all it goes. Oh, can't. no. What? There's a, there's a nail. It won't go Listen, past that part. It's measured. I... Eight inches and nothing else. <laughs> I was like, what kind of bad first date? <laughs> Eight inches. I <laughs> uh, yeah. It, uh, it, mm. it there's there's some logic jumps for sure. Listen, I so I have not seen this movie since I was a child, and so that's why I got like the parts I like of it mixed up, and I inserted them into the first movie, which I liked more. <laughs> and so, like, I remember when we did um the Nightmare on Elm Street with the pizza, and I remember the pizza scene being stronger than it was. I feel that way about this movie because I remember her being tormented by the man outside and I remember him on the wall painted as the wall and it in my mind I remembered it in a way that's much bigger and grander than it actually is so I watched it today I was like oh that's all it was oh no the wall I agree the beginning I it stressed me out because the whole time like girl lock the fucking door lock the door I had to pause it I had to pause it my, my blood pressure was getting high I it's like people who don't like door. lock doors send me because I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. We lock everything. Like if I leave my bag with you, we don't do the five fucking years because people get robbed the all the fucking time. What one night I was so mad at myself, Sheree. Mm-hmm. One night I was drunk. Mm-hmm. Surprise. A I took night. Norma out for her evening poop job mm-hmm. and went back in and then I guess I've had you know, I went to bed, whatever. Woke up and I forgot to lock the front door. You I was move. like, "You gotta move immediately." <laughs> I was. I looked in every room. I opened every closet. I was like, Mm-mm. "I looked in the drawers." I was like, "You ain't hide nowhere." No. Get the fuck out of my house. No, Rachel always makes fun of me because I lock the door behind me every fucking time. Rachel's like, "We're just going downstairs." I'm like, Same. "Because we're going downstairs. If my eyes are not on my door, we're locking that shit." I don't have yeah. much, but what I do have is mine. <laughs> If people wanted to go to fucking work, my anxiety. I when I leave for work, I have to lock. I have to check. Like I have to try to open both my front door and my side door because if I don't, I will literally turn around to and I will be fifteen minutes late to check that. You're an Arkansas girl. You better double check them doors. Yes. <laughs> so when she was not locked, it, when she wasn't locking the door, or when she wasn't even using the, there was a chain lock. There was a hotel room chain lock 
on this door and she wasn't using it. I was like, Julia, honey, girl. I've brought it up many times in many ways, but the privilege of young white folks to just be like, I'm always safe. I'm always safe. And the world is going to like bend for me. I don't understand that as a black woman. Um, I never had that freedom to just be like, I'm not going to check the locks. Surely someone will save me. Um, I'm like, no, I'm overprotective. I'm not talking to strangers. Somebody knock on the door. You're supposed to be knocking. I don't know you. I ain't answering nothing. Um, he would have been knocking on that door all night. And I'd have been like, mm-mm. I'm not calling. I, I, I might. I If I was feeling generous, which I'm not, I may not be that night. If I was feeling generous, I'd be like, hey, dude, like, I understand that sucks. Like, I'm sorry. I'm babysitting. I'm not opening this door. I am not unlocked. Like, you're not coming in. I'm not calling anyone for you. I am a teenager and I am babysitting. So you will need to go to some other door where adults are home and they make it help you. But I am not doing this at 11 o'clock at night. When he pulled the whole nobody else in the neighborhood is home. I was like, Mm-mm. tough titty. You're going to wait. They're going to come home eventually. There's just no fucking way. There's no fucking way. Also, she kept checking on the kids. And again, I do not leave your kids with me because if shit goes down, your kids are on their fucking own. I told this the many I dropped a baby once. Let, let's be honest. Like the baby hit me in the face. The baby, because they're all like, they don't know what they do and they don't control their fucking limbs. I dropped that fucking baby because it hit me in the fucking face and it's a reflex. Drop whatever fucking hit you in the face. Um, luckily, I was sitting down, so he didn't go that far. And I collected the baby. I didn't hold it again no more. Um, he seems to be a functioning child now. It's all worked out. But like, <laughs> I did, I did drop that fucker because he hit me in the fucking mouth. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad that you continue that story because <laughs> I dropped the baby, and that'd be the end. And be like, well, damn, Sheree, did you murder this baby? No, nope. he, he lived, but like also. <laughs> I don't. I I did not hold him again, but I assume even if he can't control his limbs, he was careful about the mouths because he's like, I hit somebody in the mouth once and I fell. Um, <laughs> that's not a good memory. Um, last baby I held. I don't. I I am not a maternal person. I I know that's a yeah. shock. Neither of us are child friendly at this point no. in time in our lives. I'm, if I have, if I ever am with someone, they're like, I need to have a kid. I'd be like, okay, look. I'm not going to stop cursing. I'm not going to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, if you want to have, if you want this, I'm not anti-kid, but like, if you want this, just know I'm not child friendly. I don't like kids. And that's fine because kids are assholes because they're reflecting the people who are raising them who are assholes. And so it's a, it's a chain of assholes and I don't want any of them yeah. assholes in my spirit. And right. I think that more people need to just be honest. Like, I don't like kids. Cause if more people were honest, it wouldn't be like, why don't you got no kids? You're selfish bitch. It'd be like, a lot of yeah. y'all hate kids. And y'all shouldn't have them. We could change the conversation. And you know what? Right. And you know what? I understand this is uh, maybe adding some difficulty into the situation, but I would rather adopt a kid, like a, 12 year old yes then have a child that's my 12 years old children but you, you know <laughs> what i mean like have a toddler i want to i've always said i'd much rather adopt someone who's care of themselves and are already here in the shitty world than bringing somebody into the shitty world because that's part of my issue with my own mom is that i didn't ask to fucking be here <laughs> this is hard i didn't want it i don't like it i would like to be done <laughs> um and so i think that it's really fucking rude to be like i'm gonna have a kid because 
I want to fix my marriage or I feel yeah. like I didn't get enough love in my own childhood. Adopt, bitches. Adopt. And I know it's tricky and it's sticky. I try not to judge people because, but like when I see, when I see our friends in the timeline, Trent, I'm not going to name any names. I know you know who they fucking are. When I see our mutuals in the timeline, I'm like, we just have so much love to give and we want to have our own child, but we can't have our own child. And I'm, I just want to be like, adopt. Adopt. There are kids out there who need fucking love, attention, and clothes. Adopt. Yeah. Yeah, I would I, as a as a gay man, I would never have a surrogate. I would adopt. There are so many kids out there who need homes, and yeah, and, well, and I think that's kind of what I, I, this is existential and, and bullshit. But I think as gay men specifically, that's kind of I feel my calling to not have biological children because we have too many fucking people in this world and to help the people that we already have created from bullshit straight people who can't fucking keep it in their pants. So like... (laughs) Part of the reason I'm not pressed to have children is because if I change my mind later on in life and I decide children aren't evil bastards, I know that adoption's out there. She's costly, yes, but so is fucking having a child. But this route, I don't have to give birth to something from my vagina, which has been through enough in this lifetime. And I also don't have to like be laid up for nine months and not having a liquor and sushi. I fucking love liquor and sushi. I love it more than most people. <laughs> my vagina has been through enough. She's been through enough. Um, She's going out of the world traumatized. We is not going to be putting another person up in there. They're snatching the fuck out, <laughs> screaming and crying into the world. No. That is your vagina monologue listen, right there. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she make when people walk by the fucking <laughs> privacy rooms. Um, <laughs> I, but, yeah. I would rather adopt. And I think that there's something, I think there's something really decent about fucking adopting because you are making a promise to the person to be like, look, we didn't ask to fucking be here, but we're going to have fun while we're together. Chosen family, let's go. As opposed to, I was having a moment and you were here. I hope I still like you in a couple of years. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I will say too, going back to this movie, I think that that is the movie's weakest point is that Julia is not written to be a believable character. She's not. She's basically here because they felt that like our original Jill or the character Jill, I should say not the actress Jill, um, Carol Kane's character Jill was too old to be a final girl, which she's not. She's a survivor. Yeah. Cindy Prescott could still be a final girl. If they give her the money and we have a slot for her again someday, which we don't. She was a final girl in 2020. 2022? What year does that come out? The core four is enough. We don't need no more legacy characters. We gotta kill some bitches. We gotta kill some bitches. We got too many people alive. Too many people alive. And I love our core four. Y'all know I love our core four. And I love that we've gotten two movies. Somebody gotta die the next movie and I'm so sad about it. But somebody's gotta fucking die. I'm looking at Gail. I'm saying that like Nev Campbell is a final girl in her 40s. How many times has Jamie Lee Curtis returned to Halloween? In how many ways? Two. There's another one. True. Like, we even had a fucking... I don't love Halloween kills, but she is there, and she is a final girl. She showed grief her tits, and that's why we had to end it. What? (laughs) Anyway, all right. (laughs) Uh, Are we ready for hot takes, Sheree? Are we ready? I just... I, I have to... I have to continue to say... I do not love this movie like I thought I did. Because, again, I've not seen this as a child, and when you're a child, everything scary is awesome. I don't love it as much as I thought I did, but also to be a sequel 14 years later, I think that she does what she needs to fucking do. 
You know, th- that's really like it, that's a good segue for my hot take. So let's get spicy real quick Hi. because I went into this movie with a completely different mindset than you. I went in thinking that I was going to hate this movie. I was like, this is going to be made for TV 90s bullshit. It's going to ruin the 70s, the the original. Like, I am going to hate this movie. And I left liking the movie. Like, it is a solid movie. It's not great. It's not perfect. There are some logic jumps. There are some retcons. There are some issues. But there is more positive than negative, in my opinion. And I had a good time. So I may have had a completely opposite journey with this movie than you did. (laughs) And I think, again, it's because when we see things as children, they're bigger than they're supposed to be. And so her being terrorized, like Jill was in the first one, was a bigger moment in my brain. And him on the wall was a bigger moment in my brain. And seeing them now, and I'm like, oh, you were early 90s. That's not your fault. But, like, I think that the first time is always the best time with movies, not with sex. Let's just be honest. People are like, you guys remember your first time? I don't remember anybody's names from my hotation. Um, <laughs> um, um, and I think... Probably for the best. Probably for the it's best. It's for the best. We don't talk for reasons. Um, and so, like, <laughs> I think I just blew it up in my brain to be something that it's not. Like, I did Freddy with a pizza. Because, like... The Freddy pizza scene from that movie, and I forget which one it is. Was it four? Was it three? Five. I don't know where we're getting Freddy no more. Also, you know what? I think six is. I believe six is Freddy's dead. So it might Wait. have been five. No, it was four because the diner. It's the one right before Freddy's dead. That's what we gotta say. So it was five after all. She went to the diner in five. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm back. So yeah, that Freddy pizza scene was a moment when I was a child. I remember it being so much more dramatic and so much better. And then you, we saw it for this podcast, like it was 20 seconds. What was I getting all this other stuff from? And it's, it's like anything else we do because we've done a lot of stuff that we grew up with. Like for instance, the craft. Yeah. I remember the craft being a completely different moment for me as a child because I needed it to be something different as a child. But as an adult, I was like, I see the cracks in this armor. And I see the cracks in this armor but again, she's not the worst sequel I've ever seen. She's not even the worst movie I've ever seen. I think there's a lot of good stuff here. It just wasn't finessed. And again, yeah. we have it anchored by Carol and Charles, who are always going to give you, well, will always give you what they could, because um, I don't and, believe Charles is with us anymore. And I think that the actress playing Julia is a decent actress. She's done some other things that I've that I've liked. I just think she's not written well. She's not. And I think that is part of it. Um, yeah, Charles Jordan passed in 2012. I thought he was gone. Um, but he was always really great as an actor. I don't know him as a person. And when I give people compliments, they, I find receipts immediately. So I'm going to leave that there as an actor. He was always solid. When I saw him, I knew it was going to be quality. If nothing else, his performance. Um, and it's Carol fucking Kane. Come on now. And so Carol Kane is queen. Like Carol Kane, Carol Kane deserves to be in the ranks of Nev Campbell uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, all all those classic, iconic final girls. Carol Kane deserves to be in that group. She does not get enough love because she's always, if not in the genre, genre adjacent. Because even Scrooge and we, this is a fuck Bill it, Murray podcast. But even Scrooge, she was doing the things. It just hit me that she is Granny and Adam's family value. Yes. Yes, like again, Carol Kane is a queen. 
she loves to be funny, but she can do anything. And I, I think that we just, we do not give her enough things to do. I'm thinking specifically of Princess Bride mm-hmm. um, and so many other movies. Because like her filmography is forever. If y'all don't know Carol Kane, Google that bitch. Kane's with a K, not a C. Don't do that. Um, but We don't do many things with a K. We do Mortal Kombat and Carol Kane. That's all we do. We watch them Ks on this street because I know what y'all do with them. Um, so like, <laughs> I'm counting. Um, but she's got the one and it's fine. She's got the one and it's fine. <laughs> right. But like, I think that because she is such a character actor and she's not, she's not what the in- execs and industry people would like to be fucking. They don't always know what to do with her. And so she turns up in these random ass roles that she always fucking delivers. And I love to see her oh. when she's there. But, but she don't get enough respect. Agreed. But you know what I will say? Because she's now been kind of a ingenue in two, I'm sorry. one phenomenal film and another good film. I think that she can do both. She's one of the few actors, she's like Meryl Streep, who can do character and she can do ingenue and it both works. I just discovered, um, or rediscovered I should say, that she was the principal in Jawbreaker. I'm on her Wikipedia page. Again, she's everywhere. There are so many actors like her who are delivering every fucking time and we just don't talk about them enough. Like Holly Hunter is another actor who appears and it's a better project, but because she loses herself in the character, we don't always remember she was there. She's in the new fucking Star Trek. Like she, yes. she's everywhere. We talked about that when we talked about um, the Richard Winner Stranger Calls last year. Yes. Yeah, she's everywhere. She is everywhere. Yeah. And I and she can do characters. She can do ingenue. She can do young. She can do old. She can do she can do every. Carol Kane is a queen, and she deserves her flowers. It's because she's a stage actor. You know the theater kids be doing the things. You know we the best. We we's the best. Hire more theater kids. Um, do that, and your things will be better. Boom, boom. All right. Well, that. Is my uh, hot take, Trent. Excuse you. Oh, I thought you already said sorry. No, I started talking about yours, and then we got on a tangent as usual. Uh, We we (laughs) have been been drinking. We have yeah, yeah, we've been drinking. We've been drinking. (laughs) Keep my heart. What is your hot, spicy, caliente take? She ain't that spicy. She's a Mrs. Dash, maybe some lemon pepper, but like my hot take. I love lemon pepper. I love lemon pepper too, but like, is she spicy or is she? No, uh, but she's good on salmon. You in Arkansas, and I'm just leave that there. Um, I you get that lemon pepper. Not on the salmon, no. On the chicken wings, yes. You get some next time you have salmon. You put some lemon pepper on that salmon. You come and then you text me. You want me to cook fish, Trent? Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> This is a hit. Salmon, salmon can be safe. You don't have to, yeah. You want me to handle raw fish in my apartment. Well, next time we're together, I will cook you some lemon pepper salmon. I don't know if I like them ideas together. Um, <laughs> you'll be drunk. You'll be all right. And if you die, you'll die drunk. So you'll die that. happy. I don't know if I want her on that fish specifically. Um, on tuna, maybe. Um, on some other Ooh, fishes. No, I would want to put on tuna. I've had anyway, lemon pepper tuna before. Like, it comes in pouches. It's amazing on crackers. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Go ahead with this. <laughs> we is not gonna have no more listeners after this episode. <laughs> Let us know what you put lemon pepper on, y'all. I do like lemon pepper on my chicken wings too, or like chicken stuff. Listen, That's good. Like I'm not, I'm not 
ex stand out. I'm just saying. You're missing out. The next time we're together, we go find some lemon pepper wings. It's going to be amazing. Um, it's going to be oh, amazing. delicious. With a little delicious. bit of hot sauce. Um, Fire. But my actual hot take for this movie and not food. We're off the rails. I'm so sorry you have to edit this episode. This is, this is, people gonna stop listening. They're gonna be like, I used to listen to this podcast. I don't know what it became no more. Um, these bitches drinking again. Well, I, or they'll be like, you need to listen to this podcast because these bitches are wild. Like, anyway. How we get from Carol Kane to Chicken Fingers? Like, how? How? Like, Carol Kane's team is just like, no. We will not. But you know what? Carol Kane would love it. I'm I'm standing. That bitch has had a chicken finger before. Let's be honest. She's too cool to have no chicken finger is. Absolutely. She likes her lemon pepper on lots of things. She she wants lemon pepper again. What? (laughs) Her Kimmy Schmidt money, all lemon pepper wings. All of it. I know it was. Don't lie to me, Carol. Um (laughs) my actual hot take I've been talking about, almost talking about for a few minutes. She's a bit dramatic. She's a bit melodramatic for me, and nowhere is near as good as the first one. But she's a good time. She's a good time. She's a fine movie. Agreed, one hundred percent. We've seen worse. We've seen better. I I'm not mad at her. I think that she's in the shadow of her older sister, which is a damn large shadow. <laughs> like she's a solid three three and a half star. What did I get? Right. That? That's. I with that i've not rated her obviously but like i could see her being a 3 3.5 you know me i rate everything i'm trying to get better with my secret letter box so i can like have my end of the year list mostly together but it's hard because i drink because i'd be drinking i'd be drinking i'd be drinking <laughs> what did i get and keep my fingers off the liquor that it all won't you nah nah yeah, i gave it three and a half you are the Paula Abdul. I, I'm probably going to give her a three when I remember to put her in my secret letter box. Um, yeah. She's probably a three. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I was between a three and a three and a half. I went three and a half because I am Paula Abdul. The thing about these two movies is that they have parts that are really fucking strong and they have parts that are really fucking long. Yes. <laughs> but there are, be- there are more strong parts in one than there is in this one. Yes. Yes. I'm kind of happy we didn't call Josh Conkle in here to talk about this one because it would have been like, mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is our thoughts on a lot, a lot of things. Lemon pepper. Uh... What does it go on? You tell us. I'm team tuna. Trent's team salmon. Come on, y'all. Tuna? Have you never had a lemon pepper? Tuna packet on crackers, just literally. No, I have not. It's them in the store tree. It's zesty. I love tuna and I love lemon pepper, and I'm trying to imagine that color, that that palette together, and I just can't. But put it on a cracker. They sell pouches in the store, Trent. Literally, they sell pouches in the store. Lemon pepper, tuna. Get a pack of crackers. You can do wrist or club crackers. It works on both. Um, <laughs> it's a night. It's an event. Um, it's, it's culture. Right. Well, I will do that, and I'll let you know. Thank you. Um, but yes, mainly this is our thoughts on <laughs> when a stranger calls back. Thank you all so much for listening to our drunk shenanigans. We are sorry for our rabbit holes, I'm but here sorry. we are. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Either. Y'all welcome. Y'all got recipes. Have them get recipes on this show. 
<laughs> We're now a cooking podcast. Uh, cooking with, with, two, with two people that barely cook. Uh, <laughs> Listen, my oven don't work, and it's fine. Um. <laughs> uh, next week, we are going to be covering Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, with some special guests. That's right, y'all. It's time that we get the Girl That Scary group back up in here. Boop, boop. Favorite podcast to the rescue. Um, and it works because Jazz is a Hellraiser connoisseur. Um, a Hellraiser scholar, if you will. Like I have recently become one as well. I'm almost I've almost watched them all now. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm close. And it is a wild ride. It's not all terrible, but it is a wild ride. I'm excited for you and Jazz to talk about what y'all have seen while me and Kat drink our drinks. Um, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, that's going to continue our month of three is a crowd because like, I'm just saying the movies that ended up with just two movies, they were doing better. Um, because if you think yeah. about it, if this one had ended here and I had that remake, no questions or comments or concerns, but that remake exists and I can never forget because I'm North and the North remembers. And I'm one of the I'm one of the remake apologists, so there we are. Do that one without me, because I'm gonna tell you right here, right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you with the cough, cough, if you put it on the list. I'm gonna be like, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm feeling under the weather. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see if we get to it. We, we, I don't need to. Know. If y'all really want I'm it, I'm not gonna go to bat for it, but I I enjoyed it. If anyway. somebody out there just loves that remake. Feel free to call us, beep us if you want to reach us, and maybe you and Trey can do that without me someday. I like a day off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you deserve a day off. You deserve a day off, Sheree. Life hard out here, y'all. I don't gotta watch that movie no more. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Again, thank you all so much for listening and supporting us here on Fear Street. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.